Welcome to another episode of What Book Hooked You? I'm Brock Shelley, and thanks for listening. In this episode, I talked to Jennifer Fenn, who has a new debut coming out called Flight Risk, a YA novel based on some true-life events about a boy who steals airplanes, flies them around, evading authorities. Real good conversation here with Jennifer, so take a listen. So, Jennifer, what book hooked you? Um, I would have to say when I think about my earliest um, reading experiences, um, the first book I ever really, really liked was Charlotte's Web. <laughs> um, I can remember having Charlotte's Web read to me um, as a really young child, uh, my mom and dad reading it to me, and then I just recently reread it with my own daughter who's about four and um as an adult reading it it's it's totally different and as a writer reading it you can start to appreciate all the um craft behind it and uh you know certain things with symbolism and the themes that you know you don't pick up when you're a really little kid um so i know that when i think about you know a book i really loved when i was young that's definitely one um and another thing that I think, when I think about writing for young adults, um, a book I really, really love that's more of a contemporary um, young adult literature pick is Star Girl by Jerry Spinelli. Um, I taught it. I taught seventh grade language arts, and I taught it for several years. And the first time I read it, I thought, um, you know, it was a good story. It was an entertaining story. Um, it's about a girl, of, you know, if people aren't familiar with it, it's about a girl who comes to kind of a um, smaller school and she's very different and it's, it seems sort of like a standard um, outcast story. But um, when I was teaching it, so I read it multiple times, I started to pick up on a lot of symbolism and a lot of layers to it that um, really showed me that with young adult literature, Yes, you know, you want to make a really entertaining story that, you know, teenagers and middle schoolers can relate to, but that you can also build a lot of really um, interesting literary qualities into it, too. So those were two I thought of right away in response to that question. This is cool. So with Charlotte's Web, when, when do you think that was when it was read to you for the first time? Um, I was probably in kindergarten, so maybe five years old. And was it a parent that was reading it to you? Yeah, yeah. I primarily remember my dad reading it to me. And so with Charlotte's Web, was that was this a one-time thing, or was it were you being read to a lot? Were your parents uh, always putting kind of books in front of you and, and getting you exposed to that? Yeah. Yes, my mom recalls that I would just bring her a, a stack of books, like a huge stack of books, and she would read until she, you know, she her throat was sore and she couldn't, and she couldn't do it anymore. So I was always really into, you know, books and you know being read to before I could read. And um, now my own daughter is the same way; she, she'll be read to for hours and hours and hours. So it definitely was passed on. Sure, great, and so. When you then were able to read sort of on your own, do you remember were there a certain type of book or a series of books that you were really into? 
You know, I have to say, um, I remember um, James Howe, the Benicula books, which I think they're still around, but about a a, a bunny that's a yes. vampire. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was kind of a fun um, series. There were a whole bunch. And I remember The Indian in the Cupboard uh, was mm. another one that I really liked. And I think there's like three or four of those, too. And then I know when I got a little bit older, maybe towards like later elementary school, um, I was very into a lot of the things that I'm sure people about my age that were growing up in kind of like the, the 80s and the early 90s would remember, like the, um, the Babysitter's Club and... Um, Fear Street by R.L. Stein um, were just kind of fun, you know, that fun, fun things, you know, that you know kids can read in, you know, not a whole lot of time. And um, I definitely remember just devouring the, that kind of thing and, um, and writing them too. I had a friend, um, a very good friend, who's still a, a great friend to me, and um, we would write like knockoffs of that kind of story and pass notebooks back and forth. And, like, you know, I, I would write some, and she would write some, and I would write some, and she would write some, and she would make pictures. She was a, a better artist than I was. And kind of, like, copycatting those Babysitter's Club books and those, um, you know, young adult, like, horror series that were really popular then. And so that's when you kind of uh, first, was your first kind of taste of being a writer? Uh, doing that with your friend, uh, recreating those stories, or what we'd almost call fan fiction maybe today? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, you would call it fan fiction now. That's funny. I hadn't ever thought of it like that, but that is that is about what it was. Um, yeah, that was definitely, I think, my first taste of being a writer. And um, we, uh, we did, uh, um, I mean, easily a dozen of those, if not more, and, and filling notebooks with, with those stories. So it was definitely, I think, a first taste of writing. And it's great when you're that age. I think we were probably about 10 that um, you don't you don't self-censor when you're writing, you know, hardly at all. You think every idea you have is, is great and you just run with it. And so it's, it was really like a creative time. And sometimes, you know, in my own writing now as an adult, if I feel like um, I'm stuck or I get frustrated I do sometimes remember that how that feeling of you know when I was writing like that when I was a kid of just running with an idea and how fun it was and so you uh said you know you used to teach seventh grade when you were in seventh grade uh did your writing or your desire to write change did your how did your reading change when you hit adolescence yeah, I would say so. Um, I can remember reading um, the, a, a memoir called Girl Interrupted. It was a movie later mm-hmm. with um, Winona Ryder and Angelina Jolie, I think. Um, many times, sort of um, becoming a little bit more angsty <laughs> right, and right. Um, being attracted to that kind of thing. Was writing still a part uh, of your life, uh, even in adolescence, once you hit the preteen? Uh, not as much, yeah. I think <laughs> um, not not as much. I think I then got more into back into it, like, in college. Mm-hmm. And so what in college then made you uh, really get back into writing? 
Um, I was I started out as a communications major. So, you know, there's there was I thought maybe I would um, go into journalism. And the more though that I took literature courses, the more that I was attracted to that. And um, I took one literature course in particular that was more um, of a of a modern canon, like um, books that had come out within the last, you know, maybe like ten years or so. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those books, and then I took a similar course in grad school too, that um, really kind of opened up for me what you could do with writing, with narrative, um, different things that were a little bit more experimental. Um, with the graduate class I took, I'm thinking of, I read White Teeth by Zadie Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I read um, Cavalier and Clay. Mm-hmm. Um, we did Everything is Illuminated. And a lot of those use um, sort of unconventional narrative styles or um, really the, the, the plots, too, just the basic plots. And I'm, I'm thinking in particular White Teeth by Zadie Smith. Um, they um, just I think I had started to feel like what I I was sort of stuck almost writing things that were very very realistic and very married to what I myself had personally experienced in life and when I started to read some of these other books I think I just let go of that and felt like I I could write about basically anything and um, Lady Smith uses what's called, I've heard it described as kind of like hyper-realism, things that could really happen, but likely would not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that influenced me a lot. And I just remember kind of getting excited about writing again, reading some of those authors. And so you mentioned that was in grad school, uh, but in your undergrad, you started off in journalism, but then you had also mentioned back that you, that you were a teacher for, for many years. What, what what happened with that change? The what you went away from journalism and towards teaching. Yeah, um, I was. I ended up switching out of journalism, and I was an English major. And then when I um, graduated with my bachelor's in English, um, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it. I actually ended up working at um, a financial planning firm, which was not a, a really great fit for me. And then that was when I decided to go back and get a teaching certificate. And um, I taught seventh grade for about five years, seventh grade language arts. And um, I was mentioned before, I really liked teaching Stargirl. Another one that we did um, that is perennially popular is um, The Outsiders. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's another one that is, is on the first read, is entertaining and, um, you know, that's a pretty emotional story. And then when you continue to read it, there's a lot you can mine there for symbolism and, and deeper themes and um, really getting into the idea that everything an author does is intentional. And if you read that way, um, you pick up so much more. So in your undergrad work uh, and, you know, fun. In your after after you graduate from college, you you get into teaching. At this same time, when did you turn towards writing as something that this would you would want to do uh, to the point of of being published? I think I, I 
a part of me always had that as a goal. Um, I decided to get my master's in creative writing, and um, that that I wrote a lot of short stories in that time, which is great for honing craft. Um, you have to be very almost economical when you write a short story. Um, really careful about you know every word because you know just your your space is smaller, um, and that's that's really great training though when you go to, to write a novel. And I. Um, I always wanted to publish a novel. I did a novel for my thesis that ended up being Slight Risk, which is what you know the, okay. the book I have coming out in July. All right, so that's a good segue to uh, talking about uh, your book, Flight Risk. Give me a brief uh, kind of synopsis of what this book's about. Sure. Um, this book is about a young man named Robert Jackson Kelly. He lives on a um, island, Yonatok Island, off the coast of Washington State. Um, it's very small. He is kind of an outsider there. He struggles with ADHD, getting in trouble in school, and um, he has, like I said, ADHD, and he kind of finds that the one place he's able to really concentrate and focus is when he is um, using these flight simulators on his computer, and eventually he ends up attempting to steal a real plane and becomes um, an outlaw on the run, um, and kind of a hero to some people as well. And I really wanted to explore the concept of an anti-hero, somebody that you know, like the things they're doing are illegal or um, really, in this case, dangerous, but you really root for them anyway. And um, kind of the, a modern-day mismaking, because the, the novel is told from many different points of view. So you get kind of a glimpse of how... Various people think of Robert, think of what they think of what he's doing, and how that shapes sort of the story around him. And actually, going back to Jerry Spinelli, um, when I first started to write this, I was teaching also um, Maniac McGee, mm -hmm. which is more of a middle grade novel than a young adult, but it has, in the very beginning, um, this jump rope rhyme about the title character, Maniac McGee, and some of the things he's, he's done that have kind of become, like, local legends. Um, like, he has the, I think it's a, a giant rubber band ball, and he's supposed to be, like, the fastest kid ever, uh, in, uh, you know, in their neighborhood and, and all these things. And he runs, I think, across, like, three states or something like that. And it's become, these kids have made up this rhyme about it, and it's become sort of a legend and kind of exaggerated. And that actually really inspired me to take the form I did with Flight Risk with the points of views that are all kind of, um, you can tell that some of them are exaggerated and some of them are kind of building this myth around the main character, Robert. And so was that sort of your main inspiration for uh, sitting down to write Flight Risk was Maniac McGee? Or what was the kind of the, the spark, the idea that, that got you started on this book? Sure. Um, there is a real case um, that some people might be familiar with. Um, Colton Harris Moore was a real, um, a real person, is a real person. And um, he was known as the Barefoot Bandit, and he went on a similar kind of, he, he stole several planes um, over the course of a couple of years, I, I believe, and eventually they caught him in Bermuda. And that story is really, really fascinating in its own right, the things that he did and the way he kind of alluded 
the police for so long, and he was just a teenager when this all happened. And I wrote a piece of flash fiction, actually, that was inspired by that. And I think that true story inspired me and kind of gave me a a what, if you will, like a, like a little bit of a what happened. And then from there, I created a fictional who and a fictional why um, in that Robert Jackson Kelly is completely made up and the circumstances of his life that eventually lead him to steal a plane are fictional. So um, that was definitely an inspiration as well. And I think, too, um, some of the students that I taught also, um, I could kind of hear their voices in my head when I was um, writing this. There were a few that I think really inspired the voice in particular. So you have this idea uh, for this book based on real life events, based on your students, based on, you know, some of the structures and things you're reading, obviously based probably on also your master's program at what then became the journey? Was this a quick uh, write for you? Were you able to get the story down quickly, or was there a struggle uh, in getting it all down um, and getting it complete? I wouldn't say it was a struggle. I mean, it did take a, a number of years. I would say probably three years from the point that I wrote this initial flash fiction piece. Um, and I just wanted to keep going with it. I just was still, it just held my interest. Um, long enough for me to expand it into a novel. And I worked with my thesis advisor really closely on it, and, and that helped a lot. And I, um, I, I had my first daughter <laughs> um, while I was working on it, so I took a little bit of a break, but then I um, still kept working on it. Sometimes she would be, you know, as an infant, like asleep on me, and I would be sitting, you know, have my computer and with my one free hand be working on it. Um, and I, when I completed my thesis, that was basically the, that final product was basically what I started sending out to agents and it didn't change a whole lot between then and when it was, um, sold. And then it did change, you know, some in the, the editing process since, um, you know, between being a thesis and being a published novel. You know, the editing process there, uh, it did, you know, change a bit. But um, that's kind of the, the way that it came to be about. And the fact that it was your thesis, did that, um, that whole process, being that it was part of your master's program, uh, really help in making it a strong uh, manuscript and that it, you had an advisor giving you feedback on it and having another set of eyes on it? Uh, Whereas if you were just kind of writing this on your own, it wouldn't have been as far as long as it was? Absolutely. Um, I went to, I got my MFA from Rosemont College in the uh, King of Prussia area, in, like towards Bryn Mawr. And um, I definitely, it was definitely stronger from because of that process. Um, my advisor was somebody that I really had a good rapport with, and her, she just really seemed to understand what I was trying to um what I was going for with the multiple points of view and um, was able to, I, I think, give a lot of really valuable feedback and a lot of perspective that um, improved it a, a great deal and really helped me, you know, focus on the themes that I wanted and, like I said, really making the multiple points of view effective. And was this the first time uh, that you tried to write a novel-length piece of work? No, 
Um, I, I think like a lot of people have a, a novel in the, in the drawer that probably, in my case, will not see the light of day. Um, I, I, yeah, I came into my master's program with pretty much a completed novel, but now having gone through the program, I can see sort of the problems inherent in what I tried to do. Um, and that was for adults. That was not a, um, a young adult novel. But basically, um, I had a character who was on house arrest. And so it all took place in sort of one setting with one person. And I kind of almost, I think, like wrote myself into a corner with that. Um, it was almost like a very difficult um, task I gave myself. But I definitely think you have to do that. I think that... Um, as much as it can sort of hurt to say, like, you spent the time on this novel and you put the effort into it and you don't think it's going to go anywhere, ultimately, though, I think you learn enough that the next thing you do is that much stronger for it. So and with it's that, a necessary part of the process. And with that uh, novel that's now in a drawer, when you came into the master's program, uh, was it with the intentions of polishing the novel or were you trying to send it out to agents and wasn't getting any feedback so you wanted to work on it what made you decide to go into a master's program for creative writing um yeah to to improve my writing uh, you know ultimately with the goal of publication I, I hope um and I did initially want to polish that novel uh, the more that I read, the more that I was in workshops, I, like I said, I started to sort of see that maybe that idea just wasn't the one. Um, and in the end, that, that turned out to be true. That was, that was definitely true that that idea wasn't necessarily going to work. Um, but I did go into it, you know, hoping eventually to publish a novel. And was it the idea for Flight Risk that made you... Uh, venture into YA, or were you sort of already headed there anyways? I think the, I think the idea for Flight Risk um, lent itself so well to YA that that's the direction I went. Um, being Having been a teacher, I was um, a reader of YA, and I did, um, you know, enjoy it. Um, and then that idea lend itself well to the genre, having a teenage protagonist and being something that, um, you know, teenage airplane thief is, is an idea that seems to appeal to, you know, that audience. Sure. So I went in that direction kind of, I think, because I had that idea. And did it take some time once you had finished your thesis and, and sent it out, did it take some time before when you started that process to actually getting an agent? Sure. Um, I think I sent it out to probably my, my query letter to maybe about 50 agents or so, and then I finally um, was connected with Amy Tipton of Signature Literary, and she um, was interested in the manuscript. And then she did an excellent job. She knew, I think, who to send it to and who it might, you know, editors that it might connect with, and she sold it in about three weeks which was beyond my wildest expectations. Um, but, yeah, she, she did an excellent job in, I think, finding the right editor for it. And now now that it's 
finally going to see the light of day and that other people are going to walk, be able to walk into a store and buy your book, this idea that you had in your master's program. Uh, do you feel that validated as a writer? Is this something, you know, that you had been chasing, you finally got it? Or, you know, what's kind of been your, um, how do you, how do you, how have you been able to take all this in? Um, it's, it is definitely very gratifying. Um, it's, it's the kind of goal that when you, when you learn about publishing, it's almost like saying, I want to win American Idol or something like that. Um, the odds are not in your favor. And, um, so it's, it's definitely very, very gratifying and, um, you know, thrilling, um, that it, that it did, you know, Flight Risk is going to be published and be out in the world. Um, it was a, you know, a long-term goal and something that you really you hope will happen, but like I said, the odds are, are against you. So it's, it's wonderful. The publishing aspect of it is, is great, um, but you do have to really also be someone who enjoys just the, the craft and the task of, of writing. Um, once you sell a book, you know, the work is definitely not over. There's a lot of um, editing that takes place and drafting and rewriting, and I'm somebody that I really do like the editing though and and the revising i find writing the initial draft to be difficult Uh, and then once the initial draft is over and complete i'm really actually relieved to go on to revising and editing because that's where you can start to see something um actually you know get more polished and that's to me is is satisfying that part of the process and so what has sort of been your writing regimen? Is it is it pretty disciplined, or do you have to kind of wedge it into different periods of free time you're able to carve out for yourself? Well, um, I have two young kids. I have a, a daughter who's almost four and a daughter who's actually almost just three months old. Wow. So I have to be flexible about that. Um, I have to to take advantage of the time I get and really make it productive. Mm-hmm. And that's been good for me, actually, because I can remember before I had children when I was a teacher and I would have the whole summer off and I would think, I'm going to get so much done. I'm, I'm going to write a novel this summer. I'm going to write and write and write. And then often I would not. <laughs> um, there would be just, you know, more appealing options and I, I wouldn't get a whole lot done. When I had more of um, time constraints and I had to really manage my time, more effectively, I was a lot more productive. So I generally, I don't write every day. I know a lot of writers say they do, but I I don't. Um, I usually get, you know, one day a week where I get a larger chunk of time and I leave the house. And so a lot of my writing actually takes place in uh, Wegmans, like a Wegmans uh, grocery store. I've written a lot in Target, um, Barnes & Noble, that kind of place where I can kind of camp out, like, all day. Um, sometimes when I was um, editing this book, I would have all three meals at Wegmans because I would be there for so long uh, working on it. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of have to be flexible about when I do it and where I where I write. And so does your four-year-old grasp that mommy's going to be a published author? 
Um, I think she does. We we read a lot. I mean, it's like I was saying earlier, she really likes to be read to, and we read all the time and go to the library all the time. Um, so she's really into books. Um, she sometimes will say that she is publishing a book, <laughs> and it will it will be out on Christmas Eve, and you know, and things like that. That she kind of pretends. Um, so I do think she gets it to to an extent, anyway. And. If you can think back to when you were, uh, when you were an adolescent, uh, middle school, high school, and you, for you know, were, if you were able to hand your book *Flight Risk* to the adolescent version of yourself, what do you think that girl would think of your book? Well, I hope she would like it. <laughs> um, I think that there are some themes in the book that I hope are pretty um, universal to a lot of teenagers in terms of wanting to escape, um, whether it's wanting to escape your town or kind of um, people's perception of you um, and being able to kind of leave that behind and carve out your own identity on your own terms. I feel like that's a theme that's present in the book and that a lot of um, teenagers, including my teenage self, would have related to. Um, so I, I would hope that my teenage self would, would enjoy it. Great. So a few questions uh, as we sort of wrap up. First one is, what is your favorite movie based on a book? Um, I really, really like Fight Club. Uh-huh. Um, I, I just love it. The first time I saw Fight Club, I was, I, I had, I don't want to spoil Fight Club sure. for anybody that hasn't seen it, but I had went into it having no idea what it was about and where it was going, so it blew my mind. And then I read the book later, so, um, which is also really, really great yeah. in its own right. Um, but that's definitely one that stands out for me. Great. And so you were, you studied literature, you took a lot of literature courses, you were a teacher, um, so you probably encountered a lot of classics, a lot of books that are well-read or canonized. Can you think of one particular book that you absolutely hate? That's these, one of these so-called <laughs> classics. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can remember having to read Heart of Darkness, mm-hmm. being assigned Heart of Darkness for summer reading for high school at some point, and just being confused and feeling like I didn't understand any of it and not enjoying it at all. (laughs) Yeah. And so then finally, what would be one of the last great books that you've read? Um, I just read a a couple that I really thought were great. Um, For young adult literature, I just read two. Um, American Street was um, a recent young adult release that I, I just finished this week and I really loved that was um, has a bit of a magical realism element to it. It's contemporary, but the author blends, um, blends in some magical, real, uh, magical realism elements that I really enjoyed. And just last night, I finished The Walls Around Us, which is another um, young adult release. I think it's maybe a year or two old. Um, that also was has a little bit of a supernatural element. Um, it was kind of creepy. It reminded me a little bit of the movie Black Swan, which mm-hmm, is a mm-hmm. movie I really like. Um, and that both of those were really, really great. 
Um, for adults, I finished reading Diet Land, which was a little bit of a satire kind of lampooning um, women's magazines and different um, issues involving body image. And that was also a book I'd really recommend. I really enjoyed. Great. Well, Jennifer, thanks so much for joining us and going through kind of uh, your journey here with this book. And best of luck uh, with you and for Flight Risk. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And that does it for another episode of What Book Hooked You? Special thanks for Jennifer. Make sure you check out her new novel, Flight Risk. Thank you. Enjoy it. My name's Brock Shelley, and until next time, keep reading.